Before we get started, this interview is sponsored by HostGator. If you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Let's get into it. Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. A lot of us really are on something that feels like a quixotic adventure. We are trying to do something that the world tells us we cannot do. Today's guest, I feel like, is, is up against it more than the rest of us. Mark Weinstein is the creator of MeWe. They are an alternative social network to Facebook, and I mean an alternative in a lot of different ways. For one thing, they don't accept advertising. For another, they don't do censorship. And it's been, well, a struggle with some upsides and some struggle and upsides. Basically, I discovered, Mark, first of all, good to have you here. I My goal here is to ask some challenging questions, but I'm not here to, like, to challenge you. I'm here to find out how you built your business to where it is today and to learn from you. But Mark, I did join MeWe when Donald Trump was kicked off of uh, Facebook and Twitter, and a lot of articles were talking about how people are moving over to MeWe, and I wanted to see what's going on on MeWe. I signed up, sure enough. I didn't realize I had so many friends who were uh, like Trump supporters and angry about Trump being kicked off, and I saw them on there, and then I hadn't been on, and I'm seeing that a lot of them are not on. Is, is this a thing that just, how's the business doing? Well, Andrew, first of all, man, thank you for having me on. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's great to be talking to you. You're you're you know the maestro of really cool uh, interviews with founders, and so you know, thank you for Thanks. you know it, it's uh, this moment. Um, and you know, first of all, you know, well, a couple of things to to set straight. Um, Miwi does moderate, so. You know, and for everybody, we consider ourselves to be the new mainstream social network. So not an alternative, but the new mainstream. And the new mainstream looks like this, everybody. It looks like no ads, no newsfeed manipulations. So you see everything in timeline order with, you know, whatever your friends, your contacts, your groups, your pages, whatever you're connected to on me, you see in timeline order in your newsfeed, plain and simple. Your privacy of Bill of Rights guarantees that we're not targeting you, we're not creating a data packet on you, no one can pay to interrupt or interfere with your news feed, that, you know, your face is your business. I mean, all the right stuff. So we have a poison pill in our privacy policy so that we can't mess around with the privacy bill of rights that we give to you. What's, the, po what's, that, what's the poison pill? That means if you violate our privacy, what happens? Here's what happens. If we change our privacy policy at all, we have to tell all of our members, we have to tell you, and at the same time we tell you, give you a link to delete your account and download your content, and that's it. So we can never just change it and pretend we didn't. We can never do what Facebook has done. And what I like to say, Andrew, is that if Facebook had this, what we call our poison pill, if they had had this clause in their privacy policy, they would have been out of business six years ago. Because everybody would have deleted their account after the countless infractions and changes they made without getting people's permission. Okay, I see where you're coming from. I was ready to come in and say, I think most people are like me. They signed up and then they disappeared on you. But then I did go to a similar web to look for evidence to prove that everyone was like me. But it turns out everyone's not like me. Last uh, month's visits were almost 10 million. Is that right? Yeah, listen, the... Um 
you know, we have a very active, we have almost 20 million registered. We have a very active base. And for sure, you know, the moment that you're describing where um, people are getting censored for having conversations um, about, you know, democracy. And so there's a mad rush to MeWe, and that's in the heat of the moment. So the way we've grown historically is truth spikes just like that. Google Plus shuts down, boom, a big spike. Um, Facebook censors vegans, boom, a spike. I mean, for real, these things happen. Uh, 2016, we announced Bernie Sanders people, they're getting censored on Facebook because we all know Facebook was for Hillary. And boom, a spike, Bernie Sanders people. That's the first movement that comes to MeWe. So, you know, when you look at the history of spikes and then the issue of the day that caused the movement sort of calms down, um, and so the activity levels off. So MeWe grows in what I call a spiral. So there are spikes precipitated or, or caused by, you know, either just, you know, the word getting out, um, a big group moving over, or, you know, an external event, Facebook censoring, um, you know, Facebook uh, doing something wrong, um, you know, which is in one of our advisors, the inventor of the World Wide Web. His name is Sir Tim Berners-Lee. It's not Al Gore. It's Sir Tim. And as Tim has said in interviews and tweeted, every time, you know, Facebook does something wrong, another million people come to MeWe. I get it. I I don't know if it's level if it levels off. It feels like you get a big bump and then some people do stick around and some some leave. It doesn't end up at a new high, right? No, it does end up at a new high. That's why I call it the spiral. It's a new high from where it was. So you weren't on the platform, let's say, before, um, you know, the election cycle, last year's right. election cycle. So, um, you know, at that point we had going into the election cycle, I think we had seven or eight million registered members. You know, today we have uh, nearly 20 million registered members and the election cycle brought in, you know, several million members. So for sure, you know, there's that spike. And then we, and when, when it flattens out or when I say levels out, but you know, whatever, after when it comes back, when, when the curve Got comes it. back, it's higher than when, when, when we were. All right. I see that. Are you making money with this, Mark? This is a really cool question. Thank you, Andrew. So uh, for our investors, you know, we've never had a down round. So we've raised $23 million from high net worth investors. We've done great there as the value of the company climbs. But here's what's really cool. MeWe turns this whole industry upside down because our business model is completely different. And it's so bizarre because our business model is common sense. It's pure capitalism. Our members are our customers to serve and delight, and we make money by our members buying you know, add-ons and things like that, versus Facebook, where Facebook's members are you know, basically the products that they sell, the products that they target, the products And their that customers are their sponsors. The I, I, how much revenue are we talking about? Uh, let's see. Go, go back two years. 2019, yeah. we did uh, about 140000 in revenue. 2020, we did about 1.1, 1.2 million. 2021, we're going to do somewhere between, looks like, 6 and 8 million. I mean, we are trending in a terrific, you know, look at that growth. Any business that has that kind of revenue growth, you look at and go, wow, that is a great trajectory. Next year, you know, maybe we'll get close to 20 million in revenue. 
I mean, this is cool stuff. Also, um, several months this year, we've been at break even. So this is unprecedented. First of all, no social network has ever grown to 20 million registers without influencers or venture capital. And no social network has ever had revenue without being funded by a venture capitalist. I, 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 all right, I get it. I see. We've what... researched this, Andrew. We've researched this. <laughs> all right. I mean, meaningful revenue. Yeah, sure. Like we had a couple of years ago, we had 137,000 revenue. Sure, people can achieve that. But to generate the revenue, you need the big bucks backing you to have the growth to create the revenue. And remember, our revenue is pretty straightforward. Think of us as like a freemium model. So MeWe is free. It's free forever. 96% of our users use free MeWe. And everything you need to have a great social media experience is free. Disappearing content, you know, great groups, great pages, you know, all, all the stuff that you love. A really cool custom camera, our custom dual camera, nobody else has but us stories. I mean, you know, we've got it all. Okay. So, but and then, then the paid an part comes in from where? Yeah. What do what do people get if they pay? Yeah. So then it's classic freemium. So that it's in app. People can sign up for what we call MeWe Premium, and that bundles. You know, we have a store. We have the MeWe store, a bunch of a la carte things, our custom emoji store, custom themes, uh, you know, stickers, um, live voice and live video, uh, a page. You pay a buck ninety nine a month for a page, and then you can reach everybody. And different than if you have a page on, on Facebook, let's say you have a page on Facebook and you're reasonably popular. You've got a million followers. On average, you reach between 20 to 50,000 of them. This is well documented. Two to 5% max is your reach. On MeWe, take that same million followers, you reach a million. 100% reach in timeline order in the news feeds every time you post because we have no... If the million is there, right. Okay, I see well, how... Yeah, so listen, what if you have 50,000 followers on me? Then you reach all 50. So look at the ratio. I, you need to right. get a million followers on Facebook to reach 50. At MeWe, bring 50,000 followers with you to reach 50. Yeah, from, what I've, from what I've seen of MeWe, it is very similar to Facebook. The design, the layout, everything would be familiar to a Facebook user, except no advertising. It's it's uh, The feed is in chronological order. And um, and I do feel that the company cares about my privacy instead of selling my my information. So let's talk about how you got here. This is is this you? Can you see my screen here? Is is this what you were doing before? Uh, I'm not seeing your screen. So anyway, but um, you were an uh, author. This was uh, I'm looking at a book called Habitually Great on Amazon. Oh, you got a picture of Habitually Great? Yeah, sure. with you, with a young yeah, Mark Weinstein yeah. on the cover. What were you doing before? <laughs> Listen, let's go to before that book. So first of all, thank yeah. you. Uh, my books are, you know, self-published. They won two indie book awards, um, and they're really all about you know human greatness. About how do we get to the greatness in our own lives? Whatever that greatness is for you or for me, maybe it's just like taking the whole day off every day or sitting on the beach or playing your guitar or, or maybe it's, you know, becoming a superstar in some field that's important to you, whatever it is, or being a great parent. Um, but we've got stuff in the way. So I have this, this book series I wrote for my clients um, in between my social networks. I was a high-tech consultant and I wrote a book series called Habitually Great endorsed 
by the wonderful sage uh, Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, and so, anyway, now step back before that, in the late 90s, I am one of the early founders of social media. One of, because there's a whole group of us in the late 90s who were, you know, envisioning and imagineering the future of the web. And I built a company. Uh, we had superfamily.com and superfriends.com. They were PC Magazine top 100 sites three years in a row. And so I was right at the, the birth of social media. And what a great use of the web. So I'm right there. I built one of the early successful social networking I companies. Couldn't, I went to the Internet Archive to try to get a sense of what it looked like. And I don't see, I don't see what Supergroups was. What was it? Listen, you can just right now go to supergroups.com. There is a legacy uh, you know, site right there that you, you can pull it up and you'll see. So this was super social networking. Groups, These were supergroups.com takes it? me to it takes me to supergroups 2001. Welcome to supergroups.com. That's right. There you go. Got it. The power of relationships, the magic of technology. And how did it work? Look at the, look at that. So so we had this great branding. Listen, actually not very different from social networks today. It was just that we had to build this to function on dial-up. Mhm. Mm and, you know, yeah, you had photo albums, you had, you know, your news feed, you had your sort of public area we call the family newspaper for your, for your family groups and your friends groups. So Super Friends was a real precursor to MySpace and Facebook. It was where, you know, you could connect with your friends and then we were building it out so that you could connect with like-minded people around the world. The whole premise, listen, we had tons of features, you know, um, you could even send your pictures out. To, to be get developed this is when people still use film right through the website um, th this was great I mean like I said we made uh, PC magazine top 100 three years in a row what happened so to the this business was the beginning so we sold it in 2001 in the middle of the the B to see everybody has read about web 1.0 and the crash of web 1.0 so we were right in the middle of that um, and of course as it turns out we were right. You know, um, and here I am today. So let's talk about what didn't work. I mean, I want to get like a more personal understanding of who you are. If we talk about just how MeWe's great, about how Super Friends was great, I think that the audience is going to feel like we're doing nothing but promoting and not really talking about what the struggle was to get to where you are. And so, do you remember like the when you had when you sold it, how tough things were for you? I know for me, it was tough at that period. Oh my God! What happened? What it happened was, to your business? Listen, that was a very tough time. Everybody who was there remembers. Um, you know, I immediately got into high-tech consulting and coaching to, to pay my rent. Um, and then, you know, I was lucky enough to write these books. But listen, anybody who lived through the debacle of 2001 um, and 2002, you know, it was a nightmare. It was a disaster. I remember so, what I'll tell you what it was for us. One of the things that happened was we had these big sponsors paying millions of dollars a month that suddenly, because they were publicly traded companies and the markets were telling them to stop spending money, told us that's it. Despite the agreements, despite everything else, they couldn't afford to keep going. And then that meant that if we can't, you can't even sue them for money because they don't have the money. And so we don't have the money. And then we had to figure out what are we going to do about rent, about the staff, about everything else. And I remember walking into work 
feeling like I lost everything and I just was too exhausted to find my way out of it. What was it like for you? What happened oh, in your my business? God, man, listen, you know, and uh, you, you you hit the nail on the head. So for everybody, I mean, how you know when I look at the lessons that I learned, first of all, we built the largest commercial server commercial server infrastructure in the state of New Mexico. For, for okay. everybody listening, this was the era where you signed huge leases with Sun Microsystems and Oracle. Yep. I mean, we had a massive, beautiful hosting infrastructure that we leased and paid for. And, you know, the monthly net on that alone was massive. Today, you know, you pay, you know, I mean, unless you get big like us, you know, we're now paying for 20 million people what we were paying back then for, you know, a half million. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and so you're committed to them, and then Oracle would also require you to basically have one of their one of their technicians on staff, and they had a huge salary, right? It was like oh, it was, they were getting you all over the place. Right. Plus, plus, now this is the key difference, Andrew. You probably remember this. You were supposed to spend all the money you raised. You were just supposed to blow through it all and believe there was always going to be more coming from investors. And I mean, so you you just blew through millions, tens of millions of dollars on marketing. Um, because you're supposed to, your board, the investors, everybody expected you to. You weren't supposed to sit on it and be careful. You were supposed to spend it. And, you know, we'll talk about a great lesson learned. I mean, my God, you know, it's, uh, we're so careful with every dollar at MeWe because, you know, both of those lessons are like, you know, no, there was no free ride. It looked like it was a free ride. It looked like there was the new economy. That was a bunch of smoke and mirrors. How much so, money did you raise Oh, in the tens of millions back then. Wow, we. So okay, you know. And so then, when it closed, how did you keep yourself from feeling depressed, from feeling like the last few years of your life were wasted? Um, I just moved on. You know, it was it was really simple. I'm also a student of personal mm -hmm. improvement, and I always have been. Okay. And I've always encouraged uh, my team members and employees to take the programs, to study the things that are of interest to them to improve themselves. They don't, it doesn't have to directly connect to the business because, you know, our life is really an ascension and we're always striving to be better, be better people, to learn more, um, you know, to take more adventures. And so um, one of my friends, so you're, right, uh, after, right after, um, you know, I got out of social media, one of my friends said, hey, can you write a program? on personal improvement that we could sell uh, to companies, and, you know, and then you would be the consultant. And I said, sure. And I wrote this program called Peak Life Habits because I had been studying personal improvement for years. I took, <laughs> listen, when I was 16 years old, I took my mother on a train to New York City to, to, to take a course called The Power of Acknowledgement. I mean, you know, I was always into this stuff. And um, by the time my friend and her organization got back to me, and they said, oh, you know what? Uh, it's not bottom line focused enough. We're not into it. I said, well, that's great because my friends have already hired me. <laughs> so, you know, I was lucky. Um, I was able to pivot into one of my passions, which is personal improvement uh, and, you know, for organizations and individuals. And I started, you know, the Peak Life Habits business. I wrote the Habitually Great book series. Um, and I watched. Didn't you feel like... Didn't you feel like a fraud then? I mean, you had 
millions of dollars raised. The business didn't succeed. And then you were starting to tell people how to do it. I mean, didn't you feel like, how can I tell them when I wasn't able to do it myself? Dude, that's not what we're talking about. That's not success. How do you how do you that not is, listen, how do you not feel like success? I felt I felt like a failure. Failing. Remember, everybody, do not think of yourselves as failures if you fail in a business. That's a massive success. How many people have the courage to go out on their own and start a company and do the best they can with the knowledge they have in the time window that they're in, in the, in the moment in history that they're at, and whether you succeed or fail, you know, financially. That is not the measurement. So you've got to look at yourself in the huh. mirror and you've got to say, you know, I gave it my best and that is a success while everybody else is sitting on their duff or has a cushy job with a salary waiting for their pension. All right. I guess that's not the way I see it when it's my life. I see what I strive to do and then when I don't hit that, I feel like a failure for not hitting that. And you're saying you still have the big vision, but when you don't hit it, you just see how far you've come and you consider that a success and you honestly think that way? Of course, you scratch your head and you look at yourself and go, well, what happened? What can I learn here? What can I do different? Um, you know, for sure. Listen, I've been bankrupt, man. You know, that, that one bankrupted me because I put my own money into it just like I did this time. You know, Andrew, when I'm in, I'm all in, man. This this company, MeWe, how did I start it? I liquidated my retirement account. I sold my houses and I didn't take a salary for four years. Okay, you know, when you believe in something, it doesn't matter what people say to you. It doesn't matter all the naysayers. If you believe it and you wake up every morning and despite the naysayers, because any, if you're an entrepreneur, there are plenty of people who are going to tell you that you're wrong um, and that you better go do something else or whatever. They'll give you a hundred reasons why you're wrong. But if you know you're right and you believe it, you got to stick to it. Now, don't think that's what I'm getting at, though. How, how do you how do you keep how do you keep yourself believing that you could do it when you didn't before? No, uh, listen, I don't really understand the line of questioning here, man. So it's not I didn't didn't do it before. I did it before. So I did it. I am one of the early successes in social media. The industry collapsed. The business to consumer industry collapsed. Virtually everybody who was in it couldn't raise a dime. When you couldn't raise a dime and nobody was worried about revenue then, they were worried about, remember, it was a land grab. Back then, and maybe you yeah. were in social media, but social media was a land grab. It was a user land grab. It all was. Nobody yeah. cared about revenue. Even today, even today, look at Clubhouse, right? How did they get themselves to be valued at a billion dollars on one of their financings? They have no freaking revenue. They have almost no members. And now, you know, like no one's even talking about them. But, you know, it's that facade. That's what got us in trouble back in the early days of the web. And then, you know, I mean, this this clubhouse facade. I mean, what are these guys doing? Come on, guys. You know, you know what? You have, a, you have a very you have a very healthy approach, a very healthy attitude. Who was it that you were that you were listening to and learning from as a kid when you were into self improvement? You know, um, I loved Wayne Dyer. Remember Wayne Dyer, the power yeah. of intention. Um, you know, Wayne was a beautiful man, and I actually uh, he passed away several years ago. But I actually got to swim with Wayne. I was coincidentally at a conference in Hawaii in Maui uh, once. I had no idea that he lived there, but it turned out that he lived right next door to the hotel I was at. 
And, you know, by sheer circumstance, I ended up swimming with him in the ocean like five days in a row. Um, and, and Wayne became, you know, a wonderful mentor. Um, you know, people like that, you know, uh, some of my advisors, look at my advisory board at MeWe. We've got Jack Canfield. Everybody remember Jack? Jack is, you know, one of the greatest Chicken success coaches the in the world. Chicken soup for the soul. Um, you got you know, Marcy Shimoff is also an investor and advisor. Marcy uh, wrote all the Chicken Soup for the Soul for Women books uh, with Jack. She's one of the, the you know, biggest selling female authors of all time. Uh, I've got Raj Sisodia on my advisory board. Raj is the founder of the worldwide movement called Conscious Capitalism. He coached Whole Foods from start to finish. You're in Austin, right where Whole Foods started. And Raj Sisodia coached, you know, John Mackey and the Whole Foods team from, you know, start to exit. Um, you know, these are the kind of people that I like to surround myself with. Um, All right. So what yeah. made you decide to get back into social media? Very simple. Um, I watch, you know, and maybe we should start with, you know, my dad was an enlisted Marine in World War II. And so I, I grew up with a great sense of responsibility and understanding of our great country, of our constitution, of our, you know, democratic principles. And, um, thank you, dad. My father was a great man. I revered him. Uh, and, and in 2010, uh, you know, I watch the industry, so I never got far away from the industry. I'm, I'm in high-tech consulting. I'm watching the industry. I'm writing my books. I'm doing a lot of keynotes, speaking about you know personal greatness. By the way, Andrew, it's really important because you know you're, and I really appreciate your your thread of questioning. Personal greatness includes plenty of failures because failure is the only way that we get anywhere. The only way that we learn. So if you are failing, you are successful. So. Um, now, you know, fast forward to it's 2010. Mark Zuckerberg does an interview, I think it was with The Guardian video, um, you know, a live interview that I saw the video of. And he says, privacy is a social norm of the past. My jaw dropped. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? You know, because you want to spy on everybody and monetize their data, you've decided for the world, for all of humanity, that privacy is dead, <laughs> no freaking way. Um, that so infuriated me. And I decided in that moment that I was going to come back, I was going to build a new company, and we were going to change this. We couldn't let this happen. So, um, you know, fast forward to 2011, mid-2011, and I relocate to Silicon Valley. I was living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I had built you know, what, my first social network, which was a great place, by the way, to build the social network back in the 90s, in the late 90s, because the National Labs were there, Sandia and Los Alamos, so you could get great engineers out of the National Labs for one-third the price they were paying in California. You know, so, uh, money would travel back then, so you could get investors to get on a plane and come to Albuquerque. Um, and the state government gave me $300,000 to stay in New Mexico because they had let Bill Gates go. Little known fact about Bill Gates, he started Microsoft in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he went to the state government for money and they turned him down and his dad said, come back to Seattle, and he left. So um, anyway, Zuckerberg made this outlandish statement. And, you know, in my world of sense and sensibilities, I'm like, 
we can't we can't let this happen. And so I relocated to Silicon Valley in mid 2011. I incorporated, you know, I, I like I said, I liquidated my retirement account, sold my houses, started hiring engineers, um, and started building. You know, we started what we called the Scruples Beta Project, which we ran for a handful of years. Took a while, you know, in 2012, I think maybe we had three or four engineers. Um, we started raising money, you know, started raising funds, started closing financings with high net worth investors, and by 2016, we were ready. And we announced MeWe at South by Southwest, and we won a lovely award, Startup of the Year finalist for Innovative World Technology. So also, just a little footnote in history, in 2012, the day before Facebook went public, Fox interviewed me, and they because I was the only guy who would say, they've got this wrong. And I got on news the day before they went public, and I said, they've got privacy wrong. It's going to come back. I see uh, the Scruggles website right here, and it was from back 2013 is, this, is what I'm looking at in the Internet Archive. Same <laughs> message that you have today, which is uh, share with your friends and family, get privacy, no tracking, no cookies, no stalking, no spyware, no bullying. It was in that period, you were, you were making a run for it, right? And revenue was coming from where? No, there was no revenue then. This is our beta project. This was just a beta. For years, you went beta, no revenue? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, we had to get it right. You know, we had Tim advising us. Um, you know, Tim joined the advisory board in 2014. And we had, we, we parked the MeWe brand until we were ready. We waited for South by Southwest. But you knew from the beginning it would be MeWe from 2012 when you launched? No, we, we actually went through a bunch of branding exercises to pick what our true go-to-market name would be. And I got to tell you, it was really interesting. At the end, uh, we have a, a great advisor out of New York City, Brett Shivak, a former uh, vice chair of BBDO, great ad agency. Now he runs his own agency. Um, and Brett really helped us uh, narrow this down. It came down to two brands, MeWe or My World. And I was in favor of My World because My World is really this me and we you know, and I really wanted to call the company My World. I wanted the website to be My World. Um, but the rest of the team wanted MeWe, and it made total sense. Four letters, two words. The whole world can understand it, no matter what language people speak. It was available. We could buy it on a, on a time. You know, I think we paid it off over five years or something like that to buy the domain. How much money was it? So it was, get this, it was less than 100 k Whoa, that's a great domain but too. With this, this was a great buy. You know, now we've trademarked the name. I mean, but it was a great buy, and my world was well over a million bucks to buy. That also didn't help my case. How did you get Tim Berners Lee to join in? You know, um, I, you know, here, here's what would happen. We saw an interview. The 25th anniversary of the web is uh, in um, 2000. And 14, 2014. And Tim did an interview with CNET. So he invented the web in 1989. In 2014, it's the 25th anniversary. He does an interview with CNET. And then in the interview, and you can see this, you know, he talks about the future. And he only mentions one company talking about the future of the web, Scruples. And we're like, okay. oh, my God. So I reached out to Tim. He joined our advisory board. He knew about us. 
he actually had been sending us some feedback, but he didn't tell us who he was. Ah, and what did he like about it? Well, Tim invented the web for communication, for people to communicate, for us to stay connected, for us to share ideas, for us to ideate, for us to, you know, to expand and enhance our lives. He didn't invent the web so we would all become manipulated, you know, purchased, uh, sold down the river. So Tim loved and still does, loves our position around privacy, uh, around authentic communication. Um, and so he was right there with us. He still is. So he will occasionally tweet about us. You know, I mean, Tim's world-renowned. Remember, he was knighted. He's now, you know, when Tim first signed on as an advisor, he was Tim Berners-Lee. Now he's Sir Tim Berners-Lee. Yeah, how incredible is that? Totally amazing. All right. What are you doing to grow? What's, I know that you're not buying ads, but what is working for you? So, you know, how we've grown historically, and I, can, I kind of mentioned this early at the beginning of the interview, is constituencies move. And so, you know, for example, when you came to MeWe, that was in the middle of a conservative constituent growth at MeWe. Now, it's important for our listeners that MeWe is for all good people. We don't care what your politics are. We don't care what your health opinions are. You know, we don't care your religious preferences, your sexual preferences, your finances, health, whatever. You know, all we care is that MeWe is for civil discourse. Remember, the principle of democracy is disagreement. So disagree as much as you want. Just don't incite violence. Don't post hate. Don't dox. Don't bully. Don't, don't you know, get into porn. And MeWe has, you know, a fair, you know, moderation. Our members help us on every post, on every profile, and every group, on every page. You can block and report somebody, and our trust and safety team will investigate. So, What about I, lies about the vaccine or lies about um, the pandemic? You know, the, listen, here's the problem with Facebook's business model. You just hit the nail on the head. It's called amplification. Now, Facebook amplifies outrageous content. This is well-documented, well-documented, because people can pay to boost, and Facebook boosts anyhow, anything that's outrageous because they have data that shows that, you know, if you amplify outrageous content, you keep people engaged, and even if they're, they're not engaged for a long time, but you really keep them engaged. MeWe has zero amplification. You can't pay to boost on MeWe. So no advertising. So you're saying as long as if something, if fake information gets out there, it's going to be there. You're not going to take it out, but you're not going to boost it. Yeah, you can't, right? But if you're inciting violence, so listen, you know, you choose. If you choose to follow a, a thread about vaccines that has one opinion versus another opinion, that's your choice. That thread can't be boosted. Just like, you know, the Chinese government, the Russian government, or any advertiser, marketer, or any politician, or anybody can't pay to boost anything on MeWe because our business model has no ads, has no targeting, has none of that stuff. So our, our members are customers to serve and delight, not data to target and sell. So it's you, you immediately diffuse the whole issue. of If you have no amplification, then the conversation doesn't go anywhere. And isn't democracy about letting people have civil discourse? Isn't that what democracy is about? You know, so for me, I, that's a no-brainer. 
What about this? I read your uh, op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal where you talked about how you used to think that Facebook was not a monopoly, but now you've become convinced it is a monopoly. And you made such a good case for how tough it is to beat them or to even compete with them. How do you survive in a world where Facebook can copy competitors, can inch them out and just take over at whatever the new version of social media is? Listen, Facebook is not a clean player, and we all know this. And so, well, you know, sure, MeWe has gotten to, you know, five to seven, six to eight million dollars in revenue and to nearly 20 million registered users. Shouldn't we already be at 200, 300 million users with tens of millions of dollars in revenue? But what if Facebook mutes every conversation on their platform about MeWe? And part of the way we grow is for people on other platforms inviting and connecting with their friends saying, hey, come join me on MeWe. All of our members have a link. They can post them on other platforms like Facebook. So Facebook has absolutely inhibited our growth. There's no question about it. And we have good documentation on this. They stop conversations. They put people in jail for talking about MeWe, Facebook jail. Um, we have documentation on that. So the answer is that, you know, Facebook, and as we've talked about, you know, my op-ed is very clear about all the reasons you know, Facebook controls the news media. Facebook controls your data and your thoughts and your purchase decisions. Uh, Facebook reaches half the world's population. Facebook is now in this sort of metaverse, you know, incentive. Facebook has either acquired or run out of business virtually every competitor except for MeWe and Snapchat. And this is documented in the Federal Trade Commission's complaint filed in the courts in their antitrust there, there are other There are others, but I think you're right. There are others like, I think Gab.com is still around and there are a few others. Reddit is still a competitor, but you're right that in social media, just French space, there just aren't, there isn't room. Nobody's there. You or, know, and it's also, why haven't we been able to raise venture capital? Don't you think that, you know, it's, Facebook is such a dominant monopoly you know, plus influencers. You know, Facebook is now paying influencers a billion dollars a year to stay on you their platform. You wrote that platform. in the op-ed too. So then how do you compete? How do you get up in the morning saying, this is going to be what I'm going to invest the rest of my life in when you see how strong the com competition is? Well, first of all, we don't need Wait, don't half the, the world's population. Wait, Wait don't, don't move the mic. Let's keep it where it is. Yeah, go ahead. You don't need half the world. So you're we saying if you can go for a smaller group of people who pay that's your win. Now, remember, we don't need them to pay. We only need 4% of our members to pay. 96% of our users can just use MeWe for free. So, you know, listen, this is not hard. You know, we, how do you start? You throw a stone. There's a Goliath. Well, what do you do? Do you say, well, Goliath is too big, so now we're all just going to suffer? No. You start throwing the rocks, you know, and that's what we're doing. We're throwing the rocks and we're saying, no, we can compete. We're going to get here. And right now, Facebook has massively inhibited competition, including us. Um, we've, you know, but we've survived, and we're going to keep chipping away. And yes, you know, um, they're doing everything they can to, you know, totally take over and control the world. Really, you know, in my op-ed, I said this. I said, look, Facebook's members, half the world's population, are members of Facebook, and now they're dipping down to six to twelve-year-olds with Facebook Messenger. And with, you know, this new idea of Instagram for kids, um, you know, why do they need that? And, you know, does that mean we should give up? Absolutely not. And now you've got the government involved. You've got, you know, um, the FTC involved. You've got 40 
eight states' attorneys generals involved. Um, you know, competition, capitalism is a great system as long as it allows for fair competition. And so why would I give up? That's not my style. You know, MeWe's, you know what you're really good at? Here's what, what I admire about MeWe. You get into the conversation whenever there's an, whenever there's someone talking about Facebook being wrong, illegitimate, taking us down wrong path, there's an opportunity for you to enter and say, but MeWe is here and here's an off ramp. Come over to us. Your PR people must be phenomenal or your PR <laughs> machine. You know, what is it? Is it just you and one other person who I've been talking to to book this interview? Yes, that's it. That is our entire PR machine. So wow. our PR machine is my you know, marketing director who wears many hats. He's really like you know, my personal right-hand person. We work on so many things, including outreach to Facebook groups and letting people know. Remember, MeWe's translated into 20 languages worldwide. Our growth is. Wait, you're in Facebook organic. groups. What's that? You're going into Facebook group. You're going into Facebook groups and saying, "If you're not happy here, come over to MeWe." Absolutely, David is always. That's looking great. For that, you know. Um, okay. Yeah, you know because that's you, what you want to do is have people come over that are immediately connected together. So yeah. and remember, everybody, MeWe is also listen. MeWe is 99% lifestyle. While there's all this politics around Facebook and MeWe. But MeWe is really about entertainment and sports and food and music, you know, um, all the things that people love. You know, we've got a half million open groups. You can find anything you're interested in or you can start them and get members. Uh, we've got great pages. Uh, you know, we've got a really a lot of cool stuff, but it's very authentic. I like to say Facebook is for the facade of your life, like the, your fake life. And MeWe is for your real life. Why aren't you posting more on MeWe? You're like everyone's first friend on MeWe. You're doing now once a month, once every two weeks. What's going on? You know, um, I don't want to inter, inter, you know, interfere. You know, it's, it's, I've chosen not to be sort of like an Elon Musk. Um, and, of course, my whole following is inside MeWe because you don't see me posting outside on social. Um, yeah. And I know, you know, probably I should post more, but what we've decided is there's a group called MeWe News and Updates, and as you know, that's where I post. Um, but we've decided not to make that the focal point because we want people to be connecting with their friends, and, you know, I don't want to keep sort of throwing the Kool-Aid at them. You know, I mean, we're right. Everybody knows we're right. If you look at the over half million reviews in the Play Store and iTunes, um, people love us. We get a 4.4 out of 5 rating versus Facebook's 2.2 out of 5. You know, um, and but you're right. I've I've got to do more to inspire our members and to inspire people about you know this MeWe is social done right, and let's get the word out. Maybe talk more about some of this uh, self improvement stuff. Are you still into self improvement? Oh, I love it for sure. I take leadership. You are. What are you reading all now? The time. From who? So, who are you following? Um, you know, I'm still in this world. I'd have to go look at my bookshelf to see, you know, the uh, the ten books that are waiting for me. And even interesting ones. Listen, I even just bought, like, just for entertainment. I mean, I loved Anthony Bourdain. And so I just bought, uh -huh. you know, I, I'm now reading, you know, my night reading is just reading, like, you know, I just read Naples with him in Naples, uh, you know, in Italy, uh -huh. you know. So I'm just reading little chapters every night right now. Just it's so inspiring. He was such a wonderful man. I miss actually the way that I used to enjoy self-improvement audio that, like, Wayne Dyer used to be so simple. He was just like a 
folksy type of person. I got so much value out of going into school every day, listening to someone like him. And it's been a while since I could get into it with the same passion. I think I'm looking for something different now, but I miss the the simplicity of the old days of just listening you know to cool someone like, like him or Tony Remember, Robbins. Um, Who? Uh, um, Reverend Michael Beckwith, um, Agape. So. No, I my wife uh, introduced me to him. He was in The Secret and he had like that, yes. that cool look, look to him, right? Yeah. yeah Michael's now on is our advisory good? board. He is? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you know, I'm also, and Michael's books are beautiful. Very simple. He's got like this book about, you know, 365 days, a little, you know, meditation for every day. Um, you know, I, I call him Reverend Michael, Brother Michael. He is a beautiful human being. So if you look for, you know, where am I getting inspiration today? Every time I talk to Michael, I am inspired. All right. The website is me. We, what a great domain name for such a good price. Um, Congratulations on getting this far. I feel like you've got such a big challenge ahead of you, but I'll just keep following along and seeing what you're doing and seeing what you, know, you the post future, on the future. We didn't talk really about what's next for me, we, but there is a lot right in front of us. There's some big stuff. What do you coming. think is next? Um, like what? So keep your eyes open and I'm like what? Yeah, I, go ahead. You know what, Mark? Thinking about the future, I, I'm looking at this, and it feels to me like a lot of what MeWe is, it's like a reproduction of Facebook without the without the ads and tracking and so on. What I'm seeing, though, is that the future of social could be completely different from this. It could be something like as out there as TikTok was when it came out or as as independent, inde- independent from a company as BitCloud has been, you know, where it's all on, a, on, a, on the chain. It could be something like Telegram. Why are you banking on this, this approach, the more Facebook proper design, you know, as opposed to some of their other properties? Well, um, first of all, we have engineered, we had secret chat. So we had a uh, WhatsApp competitive product or Facebook messenger. Uh, we're we're going to be re-engineering that. We had that already. We launched it a few years ago. Now we've taken it offline so we can re-engineer it. Um, you know, we have an enterprise division called MeWe Pro. We're about to take that offline to re-engineer it so that people can have this vertical integration um, you know, we're going to get into, you know, better, you know, interesting content on MeWe, better content creation tools, but also some content that our members can enjoy and watch together on MeWe, uh, music, etc. Um, but I'll tell you, Andrew, it's really straightforward. Think about this. Is the kitchen table ever going to go away? And what I mean is the proverbial kitchen table that we have a conversation with our family and friends. Never. But the digital version changes. The digital version changes dramatically. Even Facebook itself is seeing a lot of changes, and it's Instagram that's the hot property. And then if it's not Instagram, it's going to be chat different. or something else. No, no, no. No, no. Listen, man. No way. No way. Do you have brothers and sisters? You have friends? Um, it's one thing to be consuming content, which is what you're doing on Instagram and TikTok, or maybe you're, you're one of their new stars. And listen, those sites, that's fun. That's great. Um, but the kitchen table is never going away. And the key is just like how Tim invented the web, just like the kitchen table has been around since human beings have been around. We need to have a place where we can authentically communicate where we can authentically find new friends and, and authentically connect with our common interests using the greatest and best technology. Uh, and that's, you know, there's always a place Facebook has evolved because Facebook wasn't, listen, Facebook's not a social network. Facebook is an advertising and marketing company masquerading as a social network. 
MeWe is truly a social network, a social platform for real conversations, for you know, great content creation that's meaningful and fun. And that's what you find in our groups, and that's what you find people doing. Their news feeds are where they spend most of their time. Um, because again, I am finding myself spend more time with close friends on iMessage and unfortunately I hate it, but WhatsApp, um, and I hate WhatsApp because I can't, first of all, cause it's from Facebook. And then number two, because I can't get it on my iPad and my phone at the same time, but it does seem to go in. It seems like chat is where our closest friends are. And if it's not these smaller chats on iMessage, it's like a discord yeah, chat great. instead of, instead of Facebook. Yeah, I mean, we chat is great. So you're saying. Okay. Yeah, we have great chat. All right, fair and, enough. And listen, we have chats you're in saying, our groups. You know, we have we have chat everywhere. So, all right, yeah. you're, what I'm hearing you say is, look, Andrew, this stuff has been invented. It doesn't matter. We don't need to reinvent the way that people communicate. What we need to do is just take what they love already, but take out the stuff they hate, which is tracking. Uh, advertising and everything that goes along with manipulating people into watching more of the stuff they don't want. And, and that's keep the enhancing. model for, for me. Keep enhancing. We'll get music on the platform. We'll yep. get followers on profiles. So people that want to get, get away from Twitter can come over, you know, get it on MeWe. Um, and always by serving our, our members, our members, as I said, our customers to serve and delight. That's why people love and trust MeWe. And that's the key. Listen, Raj Sisodia, you know, the founder of the worldwide movement called Conscious Capitalism, as he has reams of evidence that companies that do well do better than others. I mean, you know, by, right. by doing the right thing. So MeWe's here. And, you know, when you say, we say very simply, you know, social done right with no BS. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being on here, Mark. I dig you. I'm glad we got to talk. Thank you all for listening. Bye, everyone.